Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you today about what it means to be awakened. To be awakened. Now, there's a definition that I want to use as a, as a uh, kind of a utility to go from in this, uh, to give it context in this message today. It, to be awakened is to be alive in your spirit, to be vital, to be energized, you know, if you, you go into a place that's awakened, there's electricity there. But it also means to have vision. I can see, I can see with my spiritual eyes. I can see into the future. I can see what God has for me. I can see something more. Vision. Faith. Faith. I'll tell you, faith doesn't need to be giant. It just needs to be there. Amen? To be awakened is to have faith. Now, I need to get out of bed this morning because I got faith for what God wants to do this week for what God wants to do today for what God wants to do in my life I, I already lost half of you guys are back in your feelings yeah but you don't know my marriage you don't know my kids I tell you get out of your feelings come over here to the truth amen stay with me now stay with me don't leave so soon on me there faith and then authority even Authority. Do you know that God gives you authority? When you come into the things of God, God begins to trust you with authority in the spirit realm. So you're not just going to get bounced around by every devil or every evil or every darkness that wants to, wants to slow you down. You're not going to get bounced around by, because God gives you authority over those things. God gives you power over that thing. God gives you power in your house. Amen? You walk into your house, all right, I'm home. Amen? Everything out. Everybody out. Everybody out. Come on. Anger, division, strife, poverty. Get out. I'm home now. God gives you power. Now, we don't like to talk about the devil all the time, but sometimes we pretend he's not real. So if you could give me a little bit of leeway here, I want you to know something. The devil does not want you to know what it means to be awakened. He doesn't want you to understand who it is you really are. That you have vision and faith. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over the darkness. See, what happens is the devil tries to steal you away from that faith, away from that vision. And he tries to tell you all the things that you aren't. Can I tell you something? Give it up. Okay, then, yeah, I'm not. Give it, give it over. Give that one over. But here's what God is. Amen? I'll give you the fact that I'm not good. I'll give you that. You know, I, I try, but those things I want to be, I, I end up not being. And those things I, I don't want to do, I end up doing. Listen, I, I'll give you the fact that I'm not good, but God is great. God is great. Amen. You know, salvation, salvation really isn't so much that you're so good. Salvation is that God is great. And so, and so I get my faith from a great God, not from a good Steve. Amen. If I was going to get my faith from a good Steve, I'd never have any faith. I'd be walking around all the time, you don't know, I don't know, you don't know me, forget it, I can't do anything, I'll never get out, that's me. Okay, but, but guess what? It's not about Steve, it's about God. Salvation is about God. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know you have authority. And this is why this is key. Because God wants the church to be powerful in the earth, but we can't be powerful if we're con- Continually convinced that we got nothing. We got nowhere. We're full of sadness and loneliness, and you don't know what you don't know what's happening now. 
You don't know what Washington, D.C. did. Let me tell you something. The world is upside down. It's always been upside down. We could talk about what's going on today, but it's always been going on. Right? You don't know the Vietnam War. Well, wait, Vietnam War is not any... Well, you don't know Prohibition. Nobody believes in Prohibition. Well, wait, that was back in the 20s. I, I want you to know there's always been a struggle. Back to the Greeks and the Romans and the Medes and the Persians and the Hittites and Hivites and... Who else? No, you know what I mean? All the ites. It's, it's never been a good world. Thank God he has the church in the center of it to make a difference. I believe that there, there doesn't have to be a whole lot of spirit-filled, faith-filled, apostolic churches to change a nation. There doesn't have to be 10,000 spirit-filled, faith-filled churches. I believe it could be one or two or five to change a nation. Can you say amen? I don't know who else is in the Northeast, but we're in the Northeast. Amen. We, we do know who else is in the Northeast. Lots of great churches. There's lots of great apostles and pastors and, and prophets and people. There's, there's a lot of great things happening in the Northeast. I, I tell you, we need to begin to prophesy to the Northeast. Awakening is coming. God is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. In fact, God is here. It says this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. It says, he called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out or to fight against evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. God wants his disciples to know, listen, I've given you authority. Now, when you look into the Bible, you need to be able to see yourself. They're dead. Those disciples are gone. You're the disciples he's talking about now. Amen? But you have to own it. You have to own it. You can't let your feelings tell you who you're not. You've got to say, God, I believe you. You know, you know we're, we're singing, you know, uh, that song. I, I don't know all the words of songs. I just sing them. I'm such an obedient Christian. But, but we just sang a song about, you know, um, uh, I believe I am who you say I am. How do the words go? Does anybody here know the words of that song? Yeah, I am who you say I am. There you go. Thank you, sir. I am who you say I am. Do you believe that or are you just singing it? I am who you say I am. As soon as you're done singing it, you're like, I'm not who I think I am. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? You know how I know this? Because I, I, I talk to some of you. No, actually, I, I know this because it's in me too. We're all there. Amen? We all have this struggle of, of not knowing who we spo we're supposed to be and, and, and going by our feelings. And we fluctuate. But I, I want you to have a shift today. I want your mind to get in line with the Word of God. I want your heart to get in line with the Word of God. He's given you authority to drive out. Drive out is, is a verb. You know, it's an action word. It's a fighting word. It, 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 it gives you authority and power not to sit on your hands, but to drive out. So that's why I would say when you come home, drive out whatever it is that's trying to hinder your life and your marriage and your finances and your kids. Drive out. Take the authority and begin to drive out the stuff that tries to come on your kids, on your family, on your marriage, on your finances, on your state. It goes on, Matthew 18, verse 19. That verse is up there too, right? It says this. Again, I tell you that if two of you, and, and two is such a small number, isn't it? I, I love how the Lord doesn't go, you know, and, and I'll tell you that if 100 of you, 
If 200 of you, if two, what's so cool about two is it's not just an agreement, but it's, it's, it's the fact that you're, you're in unity together. And that you're not going to do this thing alone. You know, it's just me and I'll be my own Christian and I'll follow Christ. No, no. God says if two, you got to get together. This is talking about the house of the Lord. This is talking about the people of God. When we come together and we ask something of God, it will be done. When two of you agree on earth about anything you ask for. Ask is, 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 is praying. But a lot of times we think praying is, is, is you know, like... Wishing. God, I just wish. But, but it's not. It's asking according to his will. God, you don't want this happening in this city. And so I ask you, Lord, put a stop to it. But God will not move by himself. He wants to move in unity with you and, and, and the house of the Lord. He wants to move in unity. So it's like you have to ask. God says, I'm not, not going to do it but by prayer. It's so cool that we have a prayer center. You know, but we, we should call it the, the power center or the declaration center. We should call it the epicenter, the shift center. So, such power can happen when two people ask God according to his will, this is what we need, God. Look, I've come into this city and I see some poverty, I see some corruption, I see some addiction, I see some racism. God, I'm going to ask you, God, according to your will. And the two of us are going to agree together, this should not be on this city in Jesus' name. It should not be on this people. God's given you authority. What does it mean to be awakened when you come into the revelation that God has put something on me and I got to engage this thing? I've got to engage this thing. When you drift away and slip into a coma, it's when you're not engaged. It's not when you're not functioning the way God wants you to function. You're not agreeing together with people about what should and should not be. See, the, the unright thing unrighteous, unright thing. This is unright. This is non-right. This should not be. Racism should not be. Poverty should not be. Sexual immorality should not be. This covering that will come over an area of poverty or immorality, whatever it is, should not be. Are you there? Same thing for your house. I want you to know that what I believe that we're supposed to do corporately, I believe that you're supposed to do individually over your house and your home as well. Amen? I truly believe that if we could only get the revelation of how much authority and power that God has given us according to his word, if we pray according to his word, what authority you have in your life. I believe that you will see these things whatsoever thing you ask, you'll see it happen because God's going to bring it to pass. Can you say Amen. Are you awakened to that knowledge? Are you awakened to the fact that God has put this authority on your life? Awakening, you know, it really comes in two parts. Number one, when you first meet the Lord, scales fall from your eyes, you come alive. We, 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 the Bible says born again. We come alive in the spirit. We're born again. That's an awakening. You know, the Bible says once you were dead, but now you are alive in Christ. That's, a, that's an initial awakening when you come into life with Christ. But then there's a second phase of it as well, but it's ongoing. There's an ongoing awakening that happens to you as I'm engaged in the things of God, deeper and deeper revelation, understanding starts to come to me. Amen? This is important that you understand. There has to be an ongoing awakening in your life. Otherwise, you start to slip into a coma. You start to slip into just going through the motions. You start to slip into just a church thing. 
The Pharisees, they were a church thing. But see, a truly awakened person understands, you know something? God put something on me. I'm here for a reason. And so this revelation has come to me. You know, it's funny. When Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, I love Peter because he's just like us. You know, he doesn't have it together. And that's why I love Peter, because if he can do it, I can do it. Amen. <laughs> if Zacchaeus can do it, I can do it. So, so, so Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says back to him, flesh and blood. In other words, that didn't just dawn on you from your head, but that was revealed to you. Revelation to you from God in heaven. This was a heavenly revelation from God. But then Jesus says to Peter, and you are Peter, the rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And so he begins to tell Peter who he is. I am who you say I am. Jesus says, I am the head of the church. I am the son of the living God. But you are the church through whom I'm going to work. All authority has been given to me. I now give it to you. Go make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples in that city. Go shift that place. Go stand up in the Northeast and make a declaration. And then Jesus says, and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against this thing. The very gates of hell. Do you understand what the gates of hell are? The gates of hell are an imprisonment of, of, of all, you know, Satan's things like hate and racism, and poverty, and all these different things. People are entrapped in this thing. And you and I, we're, we're supposed to be the rock that the very gates of hell cannot prevail against. We go to loose this city from poverty. We loose this city from corruption. We loose this city from racism. We loose this city, amen? You are the church through which God wants to bring revelation and understanding so that you stand up and be who it is you're supposed to be. We've had revelation after revelation as a church, and it's caused us to be alive. In fact, the very name Awakening, you know, um, we went to our youth and we said, listen, you guys, you, you, you guys need to have a, a faith for your, for your generation. We have a faith for the next generation. Amen? We have, a, we have a, 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 an awakening that there, there's another generation that's coming up. We should not be losing our 13-year-olds and our 15-year-olds and our 17-year-olds. Amen? We should, if Jesus was here, he would not. And so anyway, we have this revelation, and we, as we began to just uh, have this breathing life into them and, and letting them go and letting them take over and letting them do certain things and take over that wing of the church and, and so forth and so on, all of a sudden, there's this youth revolution that hits our church. Now we have young people everywhere, and it's awesome, but that came through an awakening, a, a revelation. You know what? It's not just about us four and no more. It is about the next generation. And God has put his spirit on them. Can you say amen? amen? As you engage in the things of God, as you engage in his spirit, as you engage in his, his work, you become alive. Why? Because the vitality, the strength from God starts to come into you. Amen? You're not alone in this thing. God places you into a body of believers so that you together are vital. You're not alone. A lot of times people want to have their Christianity be the, the alone thing. You know, I, I just come to church. But guess what? You'll never be vital. You'll never be awakened. You won't, you won't be able to figure out why you're kind of in a coma. You know, I, I go to church every week. I still am sort of dead. Yeah, because uh, going to church every week doesn't do anything for you. Amen? You have to be engaged in the things of God. You've got to be engaged in the things of God. 
You know, if you get your gym clothes on and you get your gym bag and you get all your sweats on and you get your sneakers that are completely uh, white, not a mark on them, and you go rub them in the dirt a little bit because you're embarrassed at how clean they look, and you walk into the gym, but you don't engage in that place, you're not going to gain strength. Amen? You walk around the gym, know everybody's name, but, but you don't engage in the thing. A lot of times that's like church. I want you to know you can have your gym bag but never have done a pull-up. Come on. All right, that's for somebody else. That's for somebody else. That's not for you. Amen? You know, God gives this commission to the Israelites. I want you to turn your Bibles in Numbers, the 33rd chapter. This is an awesome series of verses where God is speaking to Moses, and he begins to tell Moses what now is going to happen in the future. And he outlines, these, he outlines these guidelines for Moses and the Israelites. And it says this. I'm going to put it up on the overhead for you that have not yet turned or opened your phone. It says this in Numbers, the 33rd chapter, verse 50. It says, on the plains of Moab. I don't have time to get into this, but a lot of times this is the layback area. This is the layback area. And you can't stay there. You can't stay there. You will die in the plains of Moab. You've got to move with God. But on the plains of Moab by the Jordan, across from Jericho, across from the city that they're going to go in and take first, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into Canaan. Now, how many know crossing the Jordan is like baptism? When you cross the Jordan, that's a symbol of baptism. You, you pass from death to life. And when you enter into Canaan, and Canaan is the promised land, so when you pass through death, death to life and you begin to enter into the promised land, we, we, we look at this, it's, it's kind of a metaphor of what it means to get saved. But if we were to continue with this thought, a lot of times in modern Christianity or, or modern culture even, we would say that after you go through the Jordan and you start to come into the promised land, let's finish the sentence here. It says this, uh, speak to the Israelites, say to them, when you cross the Jordan into Canaan, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be freedom. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be blessing. It's going to be multiplying. It's going to be... We have all these sayings at the end of when you come to the things of God. But see, the Lord says something a little bit different here. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to work with you, but you're going to have to fight. Look at this. Look at this. When you cross the Jordan and come into New Bedford... It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fight. When you cross the Jordan and you come into Providence, it's going to be a fight. When you cross the Jordan and come into Fall River, it's going to be a fight. When you, when you step into the things of God and you begin to put on the full armor of God, guess what? You don't put on the full armor of God just to sit down. And so it's going to be a fight. But guess what? God's given you the authority to drive out. To drive out. And so... You're going to drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you, destroy all their carved images, all their cast idols, and demolish their high places. It's going to be a fight. And then take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess. I want you to know there is the fight, but then there's the promise. I, I, am, going to, I am going to fight, but guess what? There's going, to be, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be some fruit. The fight produces the fruit. I'm in, I'm in this rescue thing. Church, awakening. Listen, we're in this rescue thing. We're not just here to be a, a fun church. We're here to change the region. We're here to make a statement. We're here to do something great. I can't wait for this Easter. Do you know that um, last Easter and the Easter before when we went to the dunk, 
The idea that, and this was a revelation, a revelation is that everybody's going to come to church on Sunday, uh, except they might not want to go to some dead, dried stick of a church. Maybe they would want to go to a church that's alive. Now, you think it's all about people, but I want you to know it's, it's not all about people. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gets involved in this stuff. And he begins to tell people, here's where I want you to go. Come on, here's where I want you to go. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is active, actively involved in the work of the Lord. So when we say we're going to go into the Dunkin' Donuts Center, turn it into a giant church, put up a huge giant cross, sing hymns, lift up the name of Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit is telling everybody in your family, you need to get over to that place. Amen? And so I really believe that God has more for us to do. We're not just going to be a fun church. We are going to be a region shifting, a nation shifting, a global shifting church for the Lord. Christianity isn't a passive existence. It's an active mission. I should have wrote that. I should have put that up so that you could tweet it and do whatever it is you do, you know, put, write, write it down somewhere. But, but, but it is not a passive existence. Christianity is not a passive existence where I have good things in my life. I just need to add God. I've got a little of this and a little of that. You know what I need? You know what we really need around here? Wouldn't we be great if we had a little God? You know, God for the kids, you know, the Bible stories for the children would be so wonderful. That's not how it is. It's not a passive existence. It's an active mission that you're involved in. It's an active rescue mission where you begin to displace sadness and, and, and fill it with joy. You begin to displace poverty and fill it with generosity. Displace fear and fill it with faith. Can you say amen? Displace racism and fill it with love. You know, racism is like, it's like a demonic spirit. You, you can't even figure out why it has legs. But the church can rise up against this thing and take authority over it. We come against this spirit that would try to come on our nation in Jesus' name. We break its stronghold. We break that lie. Amen? And I'm not saying that racism is a lie. I'm saying that that, that, that giant thing that keeps saying nobody can, nobody can defeat me. No, no, you can be defeated. Let the church rise up and defeat it in Jesus' name. Can you say Amen. How many churches does it take to shift a nation? Amen? You just need to realize the power and the authority that God has given you. This is what it means to come alive, to be awakened. You know something? I'm done. I'm done getting run over. I'm done getting, getting, getting uh, you know, tortured. I'm done getting beat up. I'm done getting the thorns thrust into my eyes. I'm going to stand up here, and I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my future. I'm going to fight for this region. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, when I crashed off my motorcycle and hit my head so hard that I thought I was going to die, not only did I think I was going to die, it was pretty well, anybody would have thought it, believe me, it wasn't like I was, I was, you know, being a big baby there. I, I got my lights knocked out, broke my neck, I felt everything in my neck break, and I heard it break and I felt it break. <clears throat> but that wasn't my main concern, my main concern was my head. I thought I had just a few seconds left to live before all of a sudden I see Peter saying, come on. <laughs> you know, Peter was going to say, what did everyone say? Someday you're going to fall and break your neck. Someday you're going to fall and break your neck. I tell you, a thousand people told me that. Come to find out, they were right. Peter, 
Come on, you fell, you broke your neck. But in that one few seconds there, before I was going to black out and go in to meet Peter, I felt sadness come over me for my two grandsons. And and, and I know it was just a symbol of the rest of my family. I have to say that, otherwise they get mad at me. But weeks and months after that, the Lord caused me to revisit and say, why? Why were those your thoughts? Because, and, and I felt God was saying, you have to exercise your authority, your authority in your family. I have to pray for those boys. I have to stand up and fight for those boys. I have to stand up and, and pray protection over those boys, over my house, over my son, over my daughter, over her house. But I, 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 I got to be here. I need to be here. My wife's a prayer. I'll tell you, I'm sure God could use her, but God didn't want me to go. He wanted me to know that there's an authority that you carry, a power that you carry that this region needs. That this nation needs the authority that is in the church. You don't think it's on you. You think it's on the person next to you. You think it's on the person that's up front preaching or up front singing, but I want you to know it's on you. It's on you. That authority is on you. Whatsoever things you ask, God will do it for you. And so I, I had this understanding, this, 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 this understanding, this revelation that I need, to, I need to stand up and begin to pray. Not just for my grandson, but I need to begin to pray for this state. I need to begin to pray for this region. I need to begin to pray for this church. I need to begin to pray for you. You need to begin to pray for me. But I want you to know we need to pray for this nation. Pray for the nation. Don't don't just be disgusted with it. Pray for it. Hold on a second. Whatever it is that's taken over this country, I come against that thing in Jesus' name. I say, Lord, the gates of hell shall not prevail when the house of God stands up and starts to make these declarations. So I pray revival comes. I pray the Spirit of God comes. I pray millions and millions of people are swept into the kingdom of God. I pray healing comes. Healing. Miracles. Amen? See, because this is the power that God gives us. You have to understand, He's given you power. He's given you faith. He's given you working of miracles, words of knowledge, prophetic understanding. God has given you this. It's an awesome thing. You are not just a normal person. You came into the uh, things of God and you had an awakening. But now you're walking in that awakening. He's making you more and more capable. And so it goes on, though, in Numbers. And it says this in verse 55. It says this, But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes. I tell you, I don't know if you can think about that for just a second, but it's not a good feeling. Isn't that true? You ever get barbs in your eyes? You know, thorns stuck into your eyes and thorns in your sides. I I love the language of the Lord. He wants you to know it will not be good. They will give you trouble in the land where you live. You have to understand something. If you don't come into this awakening, if you don't come into this authority, it is going to be around you. It will be in your house. It'll be in your cities. It'll be in your high schools. It'll be in your kids. It'll be all around you if you allow these things just to take the authority over you. 
And then you wonder why. You know, I'm sort of a little bit in a coma. I have a gym bag. I frequent the church and so forth. But my kids, they don't serve God at all. Yeah, you wonder why. But my kids are tortured with this and that and the other. And if we live in a place that's poverty stricken, and we live in a place that's got racism, we live in a place that's corrupt, we live in a, well, you know what? Stand up, be the people that God's called you to be, and begin to declare some things. Hey, as for me in my house, as for me in this house, amen, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, poverty, abuse, divorce, bondage, fear, racism, all of that stuff. I think you need to begin to say, you know something, I'm going to agree where two or three agree and start to pray that this will not come near me, my house, my kids, and I pray for the city. I pray for the nation. I believe that God wants to do something great come this Easter, and I think our church is going to have a, 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 a place of authority in the earth on that day. We need to pray, Lord. Peel back the heavens, God. Let your power and your anointing come down and bring conviction on the hearts of people as this Easter service so powerfully demonstrates the love of Jesus Christ. It says this. I'm going to quit with this. It says this in Matthew 17, 20. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed and say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You wonder why the Lord puts a verse so, I don't want to say crazy, but to the natural mind, so crazy. Do you think for one second that it could be true? That it could be true? That there are mountains that God is saying, no, no, take the authority that I'm giving you and begin to speak against it. And as you do, it will move. Whatever mountain is in your life. You know, we start with our family. We start with our own life. But then, then we start to move our authority over to other families. We start to move our authority over to a city. We start to begin to take authority over the city. You know, I'm, I'm going to pray for blessing. I'm going to pray for goodness. I'm going to pray for love. I'm going to come against hate. And I'm going to begin to pray for love. And we're going to demonstrate love. We're not only going to say it, but we're going to, we're going to do it. I tell you the truth, Jesus says. If you say to this mountain, be removed. I'll tell you, awakening, to be awakened is to come into this understanding that God has need of me. God has put his hand on me. God has put his hand on my life. He's given me authority to get something done. I'm not going to just do it alone, but I'm going, to, I'm going to connect up with the place that he's brought me, to the house of God, to the mission that he's, he's given us here. I'm going, to, I'm going to connect up with this mission, and I'm going to begin to see things change. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.